Hello world. German Book Office New Delhi of Frankfurter Buchmesse presents the second episode of a brand new show capturing the trends in the creative industries. I'm Prashasti Rastogi and welcome to Global Local Talks. This podcast series features creative entrepreneurs making an impact in tough business conditions. We will talk about how the industry has evolved in their own journeys. My guest on this episode is Ranjit Pratap Singh, the founder and CEO of Pratilipi, the largest Indian language writing platform. Welcome Ranjit. Hi, thanks a lot for having me here. Since the onset of this decade, publishing industry is in a dynamic transition stage. Electronic content and physical books are balancing on a fulcrum of access and discoverability. Increasing cost of real estate and diminishing margins have to a much sorrow forced the closure of neighborhood bookstores. It has massively impacted the business strategy in publishing. As the cheapest market for smartphones and data pricing, the total number of mobile users in India has risen to 1.16 billion. Everyone is carrying a library, like a personal entertainment device in their pockets. Cut to 2014. Ranjit and his batchmates from engineering and MBA school founded Pratilipi. Today, Pratilipi is India's largest digital platform for connecting readers and writers in Indian languages. Currently, the platform has 1.3 million stories by 150,000 writers in 12 Indian languages with 8.5 million monthly active users. With a funding of 20.5 million US dollars, it is well positioned to capture the broad base of internet users in India with a preference for content in local languages. So Ranjit This sounds very impressive and exciting. Tell us the story of Pratilipi and your motivation to quit a corporate career and find this way of life. Uh first of all, thanks a lot once again for having me here. I think what you are asking is two different questions. Uh one being that why did I quit my corporate job and second being why did I start building Pratilipi? So let me start by trying to answer the first one first. Uh, after my MBA, I joined Vodafone. I did stints in marketing, channel sales, and retail. Uh, my last stint was in Ahmedabad in channel sales, and I felt like uh, I was not learning anything new. I was very comfortable in my own skin. I was doing really well, and I thought when you are younger, you don't want to do too well. You want to be in a situation which is challenging. You want to be in a situation you are being pushed to do things and to learn things that you have never done before, which was the primary reason of why I quit my job. uh about starting pratilipi on the other hand there is a much older and much longer story so when i was a child i used to read a lot of hindi comics just like most people my age then i started reading a lot of hindi contemporary literature writers like nirala dinkar premchand then i went to pursue my engineering and i realized that hindi content was not really available that much so there were offline bookstores but they could only carry a few thousand titles and given how much i read i had already read most of them and online there really wasn't anything much so i shifted to reading english but i also felt like this should be my choice if i want to read hindi or english or something else it should not be because of lack of access or lack of having a platform so i wanted somebody to solve this problem and build a platform where people can read in whatever language they want but my family essentially said that given that i was coming from a lower middle class family my family's point of view was that you should do a corporate job for at least a few years so that even if whatever you are trying to do doesn't work out you at least have a fallback option so which is why i had went to uh, do my mba and then worked at vodafone so after i quit my job i was taking a four months break 
to kind of roam around the country and meet a lot of people uh, including my old friends and these friends basically pointed it out that given that i've been talking about this problem for a long time and nobody else has solved this so uh, their premise basically was why don't you try and solve this if nobody else has solved this this sounds like something which will be challenging uh, and i thought that makes sense that's how essentially pratipi was born fantastic sounds uh, like a truly motivation story but who are these 8.5 million users on pratilipi where are they from i mean i'm curious to know how you gathered them all together and what it looks like now after so many years of hard work so when we started most of the readers that we got uh, in the early days were basically people who were either our friends or who were people who were writers friends so every time a writer would publish their story on pratilipi they will share that link on their own social media their whatsapp and just tell people in person that you know i have published my story on pratlipi and why don't you go and read it or we like the founders and the team will publish it on our own facebook pages that uh, i read this story and this is fantastic or that if you want to read good horror story then this is a good horror story that you should read from there on i think a majority of our growth has actually come in a very very similar manner where people are telling other people about either a particular story or about a particular author that for example there is a story on pratlipi called meri avantika so a lot of people will basically say that this is such a fantastic story you should go and read it so a majority of our growth has come like this via word of mouth that has also meant that we have grown in a very very concentric manner about 50% of our audience is still from top 7 cities about 45% of our audience comes from smaller places like tier 2 tier 3 towns and villages and about 4% of our users are actually non resident indians from us canada australia uae majority of these people are very fairly young like 18 to 34 is basically 73 74% of our user base we have a healthy mix of men and women so about 53% of our readers are women and about 47% of our users are men these users come from all walks of life so we have a lot of people who are for example students we have a lot of people who come from lower or middle income groups but we also have ias officers uh, engineers mbas who kind of come on pratipi and read their own favorite story so they might have different genres they might have different favorite authors but a lot of these people still come and read on pratipi you just mentioned that there are a lot of non resident indians that must mean that a substantial amount of writing and reading is also happening in english uh not really so we have about 4% of our users are nris but almost all of it is for indian language so english overall is less than 1% of pratipi's content and 1% of pratipi's readers kudos uh, because there is a major discussion in publishing industry right now that there's a larger set of audience in indian languages and some of those conversations are not happening right now because there is obviously shutting down of bookstores so the discoverability and access has become a challenge and i feel that your technology is exactly solving that so that the known rotating indian urban readership which is primarily english is not the only concentration part uh, for all the content and all the literature that we generate out of uh, our country actually uh, if may if i may add on to it mm-hmm. you are absolutely right so pratipi is less about reading and writing even though that's what we are known for pratipi is a lot more about discovery and that feeling of community that you know i am talking to my favorite writer i am talking to other groups of readers about a genre that i care about so that is what makes pratlipi pratlipi a lot more than just the reading and the writing part correct so i think you're absolutely right but obviously pratlipi has refined itself over the years but we also know that it's just not a good product that matters but 
there has to be also good marketing that comes into play because both are correlated. How did you overcome this challenge, especially in the beginning of Prithalipi? Because you said you were trying to solve a problem which you faced. And of course, there's a larger set of people. You can model yourself as a customer and say right. there's a larger set of people who are facing the same challenge. But getting to people and convincing the writers to come on board and write on a non-publishing channel in the traditional right. sense of the word, like it's a non-traditional channel. How did that work? I think for any kind of tech platform, especially if you are building some kind of a marketplace where there are two different sides. So for example, on Pratlipi, there are a lot of readers and then there are a lot of writers. One of the hardest things to do essentially is how do you solve that chicken egg problem? So a lot of writers would want to publish on Pratlipi if we have a lot of readers and readers would want to come on to Pratlipi if we have a lot of writers. Uh, for us to solve that, we did basically two things primarily. First was that even before we started building Pratlipi, I had personally met about 350 odd authors mm -hmm. uh, in trying to understand what exactly the problem is. So once we decided to build Pratlipi, we reached out to these writers again and we asked them that, you know what, we are trying to solve the problem that you talked about. If you give us permission to use your content, we will basically publish it on Pratlipi as well. So that was one part. And the other part was we also got some public domain content and publish that on Patlipi. So for example, writers like Premchand or old uh, religious texts like Ram Chaitmanas. And then we essentially basically tried to find readers for this content. Whenever we like, whenever somebody would kind of read a story and they will tell us that they like the story, we'll actually make sure that we tell the writer that, you know, your readers are basically giving you this feedback. So the writers felt a lot happier. This is essentially how we have grown. Like 90% of Patlipi's growth largely has been about people having a great experience and them telling other people about it. So we've been very, very focused on providing great product experience as well as great customer experience. So because writers were happy with us and writers are happy with us, so they go and they tell other of their friends that, you know what, you should also come and publish on Pratlipi. Or readers would come and read on Pratlipi and they would share with their friends that, you know what, you should come and read this story or you should come and read this writer because he or she is fantastic. So vast majority of our growth right from day zero has come via this. Yeah, I remember, I think it was 2016 when we as the German book office approached you that we would like to publish some of the open access translations of uh, German stories that were being translated by translators into Hindi. And I remember a couple of translators who published those stories uh, on Pratilipi actually sent around WhatsApp broadcast messages to other translators right. saying, hey, I did this in Pratilipi and there are so many users who are reading it, I'm getting good feedback, and let's go and do some more. I think a word of mouth is the best bet exactly. in terms of marketing. Exactly. It's the initial hitch which gets difficult. Exactly. This yeah. is especially true for products where you are trying to do something that is not widely understood. So as you rightly said, uh, five years back when people thought of publishing, people thought of either books or newspapers or magazines. Like publishing on internet was not really a concept that most people related to. So in those cases, the best way to grow largely is other people vouching for you. Correct. I remember from the discussions we've had at the Frankfurter Buchmesse in those sophisticated conferences where the future of publishing was being ideated. It took a bit of time for publishers to gather around and accept that online publishing can also be termed as publishing because uh, traditionally the sense of the word publishing came from text on print on paper. So how are writers benefiting apart from the promotion and the visibility? Are there any revenue models that are behind this? Yeah, so I think there are three different parts to it. 
so first and most important part is that writers primarily write because they want to be read and essentially the way prathipi helps is figure out writer readers who want to read you and they don't just read their story if these are readers who actually are interested in your writing they will also want to have a conversation with you they will want to provide you feedback on what you could have done better and so on and so forth the second interesting part on prathipi is also that it's not just readers uh, it's also other writers some of whom may be a lot more experienced than you are who might read your story and provide you feedback on what you could have done better so you become better by getting both reader feedback and by getting other writers feedback the third part is about how does how does a writer kind of make incremental income from stories that they are publishing on pratlipi so for now pratlipi hasn't really done anything from a monetization perspective having said that there has already been a lot of cases where people reach out to these writers on their own either for publishing these books in physical format or converting these into audio and publishing them as audio books or for even web series or tv series uh, in multiple indian languages what we now intend to do over next 3 to 4 to 5 years is build more and more revenue channels for these writers as well so that means there's also a new way of opening up into mainstream publishing commissioning editors have this problem that where to discover new breed of writing so you're essentially also solving the problem for publishing not only the writing community but right. also the publishing community the another growth area that we are seeing these days is the ott platforms they are hungry for indigenous content hbo and sony are recently into the market hotstar has been maturing netflix and amazon have been maturing and they all have understood that viewership in two tier metros in indian languages is a huge growth resource right so how is pratilipi responding to all these opportunities that are coming in yeah, absolutely i think you have hit the nail on its head uh, largely what platforms like pratilipi do is that they democratize storytelling so it's of course about the number of writers and number of stories and the regions they come from it's also that because the platform itself is so wide so there's a lot more breadth in the kind of stories that people tell so for on pratilipi for example even categories like a science fiction or a historical fiction uh, or even a mix and mash of genres uh, you would find like thousands upon thousands of stories in these kind of genres because the recommendation algorithm will figure out that if they are right readers who kind of prefer to read these stories these are kind of things that are very very hard to do in a physical format these are very very hard to do in books or movies primarily because you have to invest a lot of money before getting it out so we can kind of provide proven ips and saying that you know what this kind of story is very very popular with these kind of audiences so our plan in fact over the next 3 to 5 years is to work very closely with publishers with ott platforms and even with other people to kind of find the best stories and then figure out a way so that these stories can reach out to a lot more people in a lot of different mediums that brings me to a very commonly said phrase acting local thinking global do i hear that in your Absolutely. Sentences. So I think in consumer internet you have to build a product that is global in its aspirations right from the word go. On the other hand you also have to follow the local nuances. You can't kind of keep uh, take something from a China or US and just assume that it's going to work exactly like that in India. So you have to basically act according to local customs uh, according to what people of this particular geography, this particular language, this particular cultural demand while making sure that your product your technology is still uh like world class you mentioned niche variety of reading and writing 
but i also would like to know what are the specific genres which are popular on pratilipi what is that is attracting the most kind of attention so answer would depend on language uh, so certain languages might have certain other particular genres or categories which are more popular but on a overall level like for pratilipi as a whole our most popular three categories are suspense and thriller at number 1 love and romance at number 2 and horror and paranormal at number 3 but the interesting part is that like suspense and thriller for example only contributes about 10% romance and love only contributes about 9.5% and horror contributes about 9% so all of these three combined is still about 30% of readers time that they spend on pratilipi what are the other reading communities reading that means there is a space for 70% which might be fragmented into different areas so right. tell me about that right so which is where there are a lot of other categories and genres which have relatively smaller audiences so a lot of people might be interested in reading uh, poetry for example or ghazals for example uh, or science fiction or historical fiction uh, or fan fiction uh, there are people who are interested in reading about religion both mythology and like religious scriptures as well so all of these smaller communities when they combine they actually become a very very sizable chunk of what is being read on prathibi that's very interesting analytical data that will be worth gold for anybody who is into the publishing business or the content business and that makes me wonder how do you manage your reading communities what are uh, the engagements that you do with them what are the writers doing to build these communities because at the end of the day we say that repeat audience is where your moola comes from so i think more than anything else somehow over a period of time on pratilipi what has happened is that writers have started communicating with their readers so this could be in many many ways one way of course which is the easiest way is that if you have read a story and you have a comment about that story you will go and review that story more than 80 90% of the cases writer will actually come back and engage on that review so it's not just a review and comment it's like a multi threaded system like a twitter where there would be a conversation around whatever the reader was talking about and the writer wanted to reply but it's not just even that you would also see that a lot of times in one review thread there would be readers talking to each other uh, for example that if instead of this character dying if this character survive what would have happened to the rest of the story and then there would be a lot of other different readers who would be kind of pitching in that if this happened then this could have happened apart from this you can also chat with their favorite writers or writers can chat with their uh, followers uh, via p2p chat like one to one chat we are also building some new features around this area so for example a new recent feature is discussion forum where people can post discussion topics and everybody can kind of talk to each other about them we would be launching broadcast for chat so like if you want to kind of convey something to your 10 followers then you can do that in one go so a lot of different things that we are trying to do are essentially on how can we build this community even closer we also do some things offline so we have started something called pratilipi clubs which are like uh, city meetups basically so we'll invite a couple of established writers we'll invite five or 10 new writers relatively speaking we'll invite some readers and these people can people that you have only read or people that you have only talked to online you can actually see them you can actually ask them for feedback you can ask them how they think about their own characters how do they build a story on day 0 so all of these things are we are also trying to do in the offline world then there's actually a physical engagement to everything so it becomes a much broader and wider community because some people who are not in touch with the online persona of the writer might just end up showing there for the meet up exactly. and get engaged exactly so the premise basically is that how can we make this into a very strong micro communities uh, of like somewhere between 10 people to 10000 people so instead of pratilipi being just one large community pratilipi becomes like 
a million small communities of a million people each correct micro to macro yeah but then you are a great test market for any brand storytelling function in theory show sure. in practice we'll have to see how the product evolves but when it's online platform there are concerns regarding piracy copyright content filters censorship so do you have a technological redressal system inbuilt or do you have physical scanning of content because sometimes the readers might just post very very uh, rude comments right. honestly i think this is one of the hardest and the most important thing that any ugc platform has to kind of take care of especially in a country like india for example where people don't really understand copyright law that well so people are used to sharing uh, poetry and stories that somebody else wrote on whatsapp and facebook it's not that they had a criminal intent it's just that they never really thought that you can't or you shouldn't share somebody else's poetry without asking them first without taking their approval so copyright theft uh, is one of the biggest problem areas that we have to solve over a period of time and then of course as you talked about it's not just about copyright violations there could be other cases there could be uh, for example illegal content in the form of hate speech uh, there could be pornographic content and so on and so forth what we have tried to do is combined like human curation and machine learning to filter out these kind of cases so for example we have our own tool which kind of matches every content published on prathlipi with every other content published on prathlipi and if the similarity score is above a certain percentage then it goes to our moderation team similarly for pornographic content we have built our own algorithms which will try and identify if something is pornography and then it will be uh, sent to our moderation team apart from this people who are users on the platform they can also flag any content that seems to be in violation of any of the policies so if enough people flag a content then again it goes back to my content moderation team which will essentially take a look and take it out it's not just that but for first violation uh, we are still fine we kind of give you a warning and we take the content down but anyone who makes uh two violations their account is permanently blocked so we are very very strict on essentially these kind of things because we believe it's really really important uh, to make sure that the platform actually works in the way it is intended that's right that also makes me think about your team now because you mentioned moderation with human interactions since you are dealing with 12 different languages multiple genres that also means building a diverse team right so what is the pratilipi experience in it so we have at least one person for each language who is a language expert and for some languages we might have more than one person almost all of these language experts are also themselves writers and readers on the platform so they actually have been using pratlipi in almost all cases before we actually kind of got them on board as a formal employee so they can empathize with the readers they can empathize with the writers uh, because they have been in the industry as a writer themselves so more often than not they can empathize with publishers in the broader world as well apart from this a lot of people in the core team are also people who are either voracious readers or like themselves hobbyist writers so the empathy that people have in prathipi's team for our users would be much higher than what you would find in other typical tech startups in bangalore agreed diversity and inclusion are anyways the hot topic of the moment especially if you're in the story business you need to empathize to different formats of stories different thoughts and ideologies coming from different regions and different cultures and we see that reflecting very much in publishing houses also because they are hiring across a diverse set of audiences to get employees who can understand nuances of different forms of storytelling and when i say different forms of storytelling and you mentioned diversity the other diversity that we can see 
currently happening is the diversity of consumption in formats of content. I mean, electronic books and uh, physical books right now are balancing themselves on a thin fulcrum of access, which comes first and which comes closer and who has the access to it. So how is Pratilipi going to respond or is already planning to respond to an audio or a video or an, a different kind of format? Right. So when we started building Pratilipi, we always thought of Pratilipi as a storytelling platform. So I've always said that it's not about the format. It's not about languages. It's not even about technology. All of these are essentially just enablers. What we want to do is democratize storytelling where people can share their stories with each other in a variety of formats, variety of technologies, uh, and other people can consume these stories uh, on a variety of devices in variety of languages again. So as of now, Pratlipi is largely known for text literature content. However, uh, actually within this month, we would be launching our audio product as well. So mm -hmm. you can listen to, for example, audio novels, or you can listen to uh, guzzles and poetry that has always been on Pratlipi. There could even be new content on the audio product that has never been on Pratipi's main product. Uh, interestingly, we are also going to be launching a comics and graphic novels app uh, in January, towards the end of January. And we would be launching across new formats as well. So the premise will always be what can we do so that some people can share their stories with some other people. And this would essentially mean that there would be multiple formats over a period of time uh, which we will have to enable because people's tastes also kind of change and evolve. So as of 2019, the figures that I have for total revenue generated from ebooks in India is about 138 million US dollars across about 78.5 million users. And the competition in this space is getting tougher and tougher. As you already know, uh, Bharti Airtel has a tie up with Juggernaut Books and they have something called Airtel Books. Then Wattpad is also in India and globally they have about 80 million users allowing direct interaction with writers and readers. What do you think has given rise to such a trend? And how is Pratilipi going to respond to this growing market? Do you see these various other platforms as competition? So I believe that what we are seeing, and when I say we, I mean like everybody across the ecosystem, is that there's a set of users who simply did not have access to internet a few years back. And the number of people who now have a device with themselves almost 24 hours a day, which is almost always internet connected, it opens up a possibility of entirely new business model, which was simply not possible in the physical world. So in the physical world, there was a cost attached on a unit level. So you couldn't simply publish a million books because publishing a million books required a lot of different, like a vast amount of money. And then making sure that these books reach out to bookstores again required a lot of money. But the incremental cost of publishing a new story on a Prathlipi or a Juggernaut or a uh, Wattpad is essentially close to zero, which means that people can actually do things at a very different kind of scale. And then you can let data speak that which stories should we double down on and which stories we should not double down on. Having said that, I still believe that the problem that we are talking about is so large and India is such a large country. India has had such a rich tradition of storytelling from like 5,000 years back that even two or three or five companies is really not enough. So while Wattpad and us and Juggernaut and Matruharti and Story Mirror, all of us might be competing with each other, I think all of us are right now so small that it's probably much better if there are 10 other people who are trying to educate the market and expand the market versus if there are only few people. So I definitely think that there should be more and more companies which are trying to get Indian language content online 
across a variety of formats and a variety of different ways because there are so many people who would be joining internet further and there is still not enough content in indian languages online big market that's what you said so if you look at the audio data there's about a 40% year on year growth from 2017 in the audiobook sales in india storytel and audible are already quite aggressive in the market storytel entered first so it has a first mover advantage also does books across genres but they also have tie ups with publishing houses where they're taking the content from publishing houses which are already best selling or popular stories and converting them into audio format and disseminating it with a subscription model now that brings me to ask you because you already mentioned that you're also going into audio format how are you going to capture this already existing market and what kind of synergies do you see there right so to be honest it's very very hard to kind of foresee how the future plays out having said that as we were talking about ebook market right so there are only 78 million people who basically bought or read these ebooks uh, the point is very very similar but even more stark for audio so right now the market is still very very small so i think the major work for all of us including amazon audible uh, storytel us Uh, other people would largely be around can we expand the number of people that currently listen to these audiobooks from let's assume 10 million or 15 million 20 million that is today to maybe about 200 million or 300 million or 400 million in next 3 4 5 years so i think the biggest focus area for all of us would be on expanding the market itself the second part here is that storytel and audible are both as you rightly said tying up with publishers about existing content that is very popular Pratlipi's vision is about democratizing storytelling so which essentially means that if Pratlipi builds audio product at some point in time it will always be in a way that anybody can come and publish their own audio story on top of Pratlipi so user generated content is the keyword even for audio storytel i recently observed is also doing something called storytel originals which is basically again coming from the user base published by storytel so you are attempting something in the similar fashion So we might start off with something like that but over a period of time our goal would be to build either software or hardware in a way that people can create audio stories at their home or while they are traveling in any way and format that they want they shouldn't have to send something to us there shouldn't be a manual operational work required at our end so a storytell would probably look more like netflix pratilipi would look lot more like youtube this is exciting Now because you mentioned the ultimate goal now I'm also curious to know what is your vision for Pratilipi in the next 3 years by the way congratulations for your series B funding that you raised this year thank you so i am expecting a lot of new ideas are already in tow and which will be executed quite soon give us a little sneak peek So the vision remains the same uh, when we started building Pratlipi as we were talking about the vision was can we democratize storytelling across languages and formats and everything else so the vision remains same it's just that now we have a little bit more resources to kind of start venturing into other areas so we have uh, we earlier spoke already about audio we already spoke about comics and graphic novels what we have also started it talking to some of these publishers uh, talking to ott players and movie producers and tv series producers on how we can kind of help them figure out the next best stories on which they can build uh, something on top of that so it could be a tv series or a game or a physical book or even a movie so that's another area that we'll focus on the other key area for us is improving our recommendation systems even further so right now prathipi's recommendation system is pretty good 
but this is one of the most key pieces of technology that we have to build so what we want to figure out is that whether or not this is a good story is the base layer one the more important point is whether this is the best story for you to read so that is something that we are going to be focusing a lot on so i think primarily these would be the things that we would be working on so the intellectual property rights to any work on pratilipi i mean i'm curious because you mentioned that you will be approaching different formats and uh, pitching the ip further so the intellectual property right of a work still remains with the writer so how does pratilipi find its revenue share in that potentially going to be multiple models so anything that is published on pratilipi by default every right lies with the writer we only have a non exclusive distribution right so that's less strategy and more morality we simply don't believe that unless we are paying you or compensating you uh, there is no reason for us to demand either exclusivity or any of any kind of other rights on the other hand there would be some stories on pratilipi that we believe are really good in those cases we'll talk to writers to figure out what is the best way to take the relationship forward there could be cases where we buy the ip and basically take away the downside from the writer and then if pratilipi makes money the writer makes some money as well there could also be cases where we essentially liaison with the writer that the ip still belongs with them it's just that we help in kind of monetizing it for them there could also be cases where we essentially kind of share part of the risk so we still have to figure out and see for what kind of writers what kind of models work best but we'll always keep our writers and the stories at the center of whatever we do so writers are going to pay for it or the readers are going to pay for it no so there are two different parts to it writers are never going to pay as soon as we ask writers to pay then we are not democratizing storytelling right then we are basically saying that you need to have money to become a writer so the premise is that one part of revenue would come from ip operations which is from books or tv series or movies and stuff like that the other part is that 99% content on prithlipi will always remain free but there would be some premium content where you can read first 10 chapters or 20 chapters or 30 chapters for free beyond that if you want to read then you have to pay a very small amount to read it or you can pay a small subscription fee and not only can you read everything but you also have access to certain extra features that other users don't have access to so it is also demand driven right. so if you read more you have to pay for it not necessarily that if you read more but there could be some premium content so majority of content on pratilipi will always remain free but there could be some content where if you want to read then you have to pay a small amount what is the piece of advice that you want to give to people who are passionate about writing but are scared to take the first step i mean when you talk about democracy you talk about democratization in storytelling in voicing your thoughts this is one thing that you could leave behind yeah so i think this is a question that i always ask the more reputed writers that come to meet us in person so i always ask them like what is your advice to other writers because i am not really a writer i am a voracious reader and i think majority of them have given me the same advice and it seems so obvious when you once you hear it but it just doesn't come naturally so what is the best way for example let's say uh, to become engineer it's essentially to well do engineering right what is the best way to become a doctor to well practice medicine uh, similarly the best way to become a good writer is fairly obvious well write so it's so obvious and so simple i think people just need to kind of take the first step write something put it out take people's feedback write again once you do that again and again and again over a period of time your writing becomes much 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 better just like anything else in the world here's the last word from the founder and ceo of pratilipi ranjit pratap singh for all you writers who haven't yet taken the courage to pen down your stories 
write, repeat and do visit pratilipi.com for more information. Dear listeners, thank you for tuning in. Thank you Ranjit for this very exciting story and very exciting journey about a very exciting platform Pratilipi. If you liked our podcast, please do visit globallocalforum.com and listen to the previous episodes. We'll be announcing our next speaker and next episode soon. Do watch our page. This is Prashasti Rastogi signing off. Ciao.